0: Welcome to another episode of It Depends. I'm Ben Robin. I'm here with Daniel Pritchett. Hello, everybody. Jesse Brown. Hey, guys. And David Mohandro. How's it going? Who we affectionately all have called Mo for like the last multiple years. Yes, that is correct. So Mo and David, same person. Even though sometimes when I hear David, I'm like, wait, Mo? I I do the same thing. Like, oh,
1: that's me. (laughs) There's too Mm -hmm. many Davids. Yes.
0: So today we want to talk about sort of the idea is the trouble with estimating. Estimating is something we all have to do. Um, sometimes whether we like it or not, it's Re- tricky. Reluctantly. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we want to be able to feed our families and we also want to be able to give people something for the right price. Of course it's, it's good for us and good for them. And so we have to estimate from time to time. We got to figure out what's this going to take us to do and how much should it cost. Mm. And so we want to just, this is something that's been coming up around the office a lot lately for us. And so we would, we just want to, Do an episode on it and kind of work through the trouble with estimating. Okay. Do you guys have any initial thoughts? Yes. Let's hear them.
2: Find out what the purpose of the estimate is.
0: What do you mean by that?
2: I mean, who's asking you for the estimate and what do they plan to do with the information? And what sorts of uh, implied promises are you you going to be held to?
1: That's actually a really good point because sometimes the purpose of the estimate is are we going to build this or not?
3: Mm-hmm. If it
1: Does it cost too much? Or is the purpose to, say, give a, a scale? I mean, it, it's sort of, are we going to be raising this much funds? Or we're, we're going to do it, period. We just want to know,
4: devil's advocate, shouldn't it be just as accurate?
3: No, it's, it's a
2: different...
0: Well, I think he's saying what, what or you're the estimating. programmer, yes. Yeah, I but think you, as saying. the
2: practitioner, should be able to give an estimate Right. In a vacuum, this amount exactly. of work takes this long
4: like knowing your audience is important, I guess, for how you might present it, yeah. but as far as the actual value that you present them, mm-hmm. in theory should always be the same, like you said, in a vacuum, like this amount of work, if you gave me these same inputs, I should come out with the same let, output. Let me counter that with i so so
1: I, before we hopped onto this podcast, we were talking, I think all of us were sort of talking about estimation is not the most fun thing in the world to do. But I actually sort of enjoy, sort of, enjoy agile estimation where you're using the Fibonacci sequence. Mm -hmm. Because for one, when you're doing uh, point values of 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, it doesn't feel like there's as much online as whenever you say this is going to be done in... 16 hours.
0: Right. Uh, There's just more flex built into the system. Counter
4: like, to your counter, estimating is always terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I hate estimating, regardless of how you yeah, pretend it's not I mean, estimating. But that is a so, warrantless claim, sir. <laughs> yeah. I think it comes down to, like, if
1: if something is broken up into pieces, though, and it's like, here's a backlog of things we're going to do. We're going to do, and the estimate is more about, to Daniel's point, prioritization mm-hmm. versus... The big thing.
4: You know, it's, but if it's, you had hours on things. it or Fibonacci, it doesn't change the the fact that if someone wrote a feature and they asked you for hours, regardless of whether you thought they were going to use it for prioritization or, or you thought you were going to get it next week, it should be the same number at the end of the day. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, but Or otherwise, things... you can't really trust your estimates, which means they can't use them for prioritization. Or if you thought you were voting for prioritization and then they told you to do it tomorrow, like how did, did you screw yourself up are you going to be accountable for something that you know you just have to be consistent yeah you know, so is my point
2: point. one technique that i've seen is to estimate in ranges instead of absolute numbers mm-hmm. yeah and i guess that's kind of implied yeah. with the fibonacci numbers like if you yeah, say it's gonna a say, five it's more than different? a three and less than eight but if you're talking to someone who's maybe not completely caught up with that and you say this is going to take five days what you might be thinking is I'm going to guess this is going to take between 3 and 10 days and I'm going to be happy regardless. But that is unlikely to be what someone else is going to think about it unless yeah. they've worked with you on this before.
0: So that's a good example. Mo, you you brought up Fibonacci making things easier. At All some right. level, though, like if we're going to charge a client, we have to convert those Fibonacci points into hours so we can bill for yeah. them.
1: And one of the things with that, the the, the ideas with the Fibonacci and the the – points is that the team sort of decides on the scale Mm -hmm. and you use historical velocity to actually line that up absolutely and it changes over time right because the team's velocity changes and then you'll say something like well this story that was similar was a three before Mm -hmm. but when you're talking about a greenfield project that you've never worked on right it's different and yeah. that's why that's that's more. I guess my point is, like a, a project that you've worked on for six months, you have a pretty yeah. good idea. You can estimate with high accuracy. Now, it still might not be in hours,
3: sure,
4: but you're going to be roughly sure. Predictability about, is way higher That's right. With and with projects that have uh, any amount of real time behind yeah. them, but like, you know, as an agency, predicting exactly how long it's going to take for a client work that you've never right. ever messed with, and whether it's greenfield or brownfield, like you just you got to figure out what it's going to take. and that, Yeah, and so there's risk factors in your estimations. Right, right.
1: That's, I guess, more my point, though. It's just like, you know, hey, how long will it take to do this? And, you know, I've been pulled in on projects where we've worked with a client before, mainly because I had experience in the code base. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess the point is having that experience makes your estimates more accurate.
2: I think the stakes are a lot lower when you're estimating a feature versus an entire project. Yeah. If your answer is some number of single-digit days versus some number of tens of thousands of dollars, it's mm-hmm. going to have different impact. So is that and a
0: general rule across the board, though? Like, would you say estimating smaller things is more helpful just in general? I would say when I tell
2: someone what I honestly think about an estimate for a feature, I get a lot less pushback as opposed to when I estimate an entire project in the fifty to $500,000 range.
0: Is that just because the numbers are bigger? Yes. Okay. I could see that. I could see also there being a lot more margin for error because of how much more goes into it. So yeah. so the bigger numbers involve a lot more moving parts and each individual part. And we've done that often is we'll get a huge project and we'll break it down into epics and then break those down into stories just mm-hmm. to talk about how do we put a number on this entire thing. Right. And, and I found that really helpful. Yeah, a lot of times in Agile they'll vote
4: they'll vote epics at a different scale, right? Mm-hmm. They won't use the Fibonacci sequence. They'll just say, you know, in like blocks of 25 or 50, like what is what is this epic? And mm-hmm. uh, to kind of give a rough, uh, very rough estimate just so that they can do, it's mostly for a prioritization.
1: So I pulled up, this is something that I bookmarked a while back. It's semi-tongue-in-cheek. Semi-tongue, <laughs> uh, it's called the programmer time translation table, and you can Google this. Uh, it's just a blog post but there will also be a link in the show notes yeah yeah i'll, I'll get a give a link maybe out. we'll tweet it the, the first <laughs> that's right <laughs> with, with our social networking platform of choice um so the the, the first line 30 seconds the programmer thinks it's just a small change to the code i know exactly what to type and where it takes 30 seconds to type things the programmer forgot time for starting the computer the development and environment getting the right source, time to build, test, check in and document the fix. So it's like okay, because getting to done. So actual time, 1 hour. If you go down, it's like 1 hour, 1 hour is too tight to have any margin for unforeseen problems, so it's actually 2 hours. 4 hours. And the the you know, editorial comment. This is probably the only realistic ex- estimation large enough to have some margin for unexpected problems while the task is still small enough to grasp. It's funny because our one point in, uh, in
0: uh, agile planning yeah.
1: is a half day right.
0: at four hours. Mm-hmm. I, I don't go smaller than that unless it's like, I'm, I mean, the fact that you even started with 30 seconds kind of gave me hives. Like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not enough time right. to do
1: anything. But you'll hear people say, oh, yeah, I can do that in, you know, five minutes. Oh. And it's like... Well, I mean, what happens if someone as you're about to sit down, I'm like, "Do you need it in five minutes? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to take five minutes to write the? you know it's just it, it highlights some of those questions. I, I have another thing here that's just like when you're talking about strict timelines, do you plan
0: for someone to get sick?
4: Yeah you mm-hmm. can't.
0: Well, or PTO or you know, even more regularly or practically however you want to say it, I mean, when you estimate, are you estimating the time it takes to code the thing? Are you including the UAT? Are you including the QA? Right. I mean, what yeah. all pieces so are many we, other pieces. Are we putting a number on?
4: Right. and Agile is sort of definition of done, right? So if right. you kind of made that definition, then your vote should normally mm-hmm. encompass that from what I understand. Should. Right. And obviously if you're going to bill to a client, that number should be delivered, of right? Course. Like whatever is delivered to
0: them. That's so, what I was going to say. On a so project, yeah. it's we got to get a number get a number for how long is this entire thing going to take? So mm-hmm. all that stuff's included, yeah. of yeah. course. But as we're doing feature dev, which we've brought up on on products and things, is that included? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Right. It depends on it depends on the issue, I guess. Yeah. It depends. Of course. Speaking yeah. of uh, social media, the guys earlier, you, you can <laughs> if you hear anything you want to jump into the conversation uh, or just give us some feedback on thoughts you've had as you've wrestled with these issues. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Clear Function or hashtag It Depends. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. So I have a question for y'all. Has I worked at a place one time before where? The running joke was two weeks.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It was an end joke. But literally every project that I worked on for my first, I don't know, six months there. Well, okay, that's not going to be too big. So let's just put two two weeks. I'm like, <laughs> Whoa. Because, I mean, I'm coming out of college mm-hmm. and two weeks was a massive project, yeah. right? Because usually it's like, this is due next Monday yeah, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um And often I was done then, but that's just what everyone estimated. And that's what got sent back up the line into the business users. And so it also meant, though, that if someone said two weeks, that's not a real estimate. That's just, I don't know. Yeah, But someone would say two weeks instead. And it's just almost this
4: inside joke. Have, have y'all experienced anything like that? That's what people do with Fibonacci numbers. They're like 20. You're like, Yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't <laughs> really believe you. Bigger yeah. than this, then... Because uh, they know that means that someone's just going to go back and break it into much smaller points so that they can actually accurately vote in, right? I've yeah.
2: seen that. Honestly, Ben was talking about things that could slow something down, like how long it takes you to type it out versus how long it takes you to deliver it. I feel that the bigger a feature or story gets... The fuzzy estimate has to be. If oh, yeah. something mm-hmm. goes from one day to three days of raw effort, it might only be a little bit bigger. Like there's a certain amount of inefficiency in me having to put it down for the night or the weekend or maybe hand it off to somebody else. Yeah. So the amount of programming I can get done in 10 days is not 10 times as much as what I can get done in one day. Yeah, I was Unless thinking. Unless I have life. 10 six hour features and no one talking to me for that many mm-hmm.
0: days. I was thinking of that as well, just as an experience, our our commitment to each other kind of on, on TapGive, one of our product apps, which is a donation platform, is uh, that we won't, we'll try, you know, every rule has exceptions, or maybe I should say most rules have exceptions. Um, we'll try not to make stories bigger than fives, because it's just easier to estimate them and get them right and track our velocity that way. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, been really helpful. It's something we tried in recent sprints. Yeah, that's um,
4: it. That's a thing that I could talk on forever on like the pros and cons of it. Cause I've yeah. seen it, I've kind of seen both ways of like really big stories and uh, really small stories. And they both have their advantages. But as far as pure estimation accuracy, smaller stories definitely win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, there's a trade off. It depends on what you're trying to go for. If we're mm-hmm. going for accuracy, which I think in that case we are, mm-hmm. the smaller helps. In, in other products or projects, it may be different. And so that may not be a good fit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe you know less and so you just have to estimate bigger maybe epics or, or just bigger stories in general.
2: There's definitely something to be said for really ambitious designs maybe sidestepping the process. I don't know if it's appropriate in an agile consulting environment but if you think about let's see a good example. Uh, Jamie Zawinski working with uh, Netscape, he took just a month to disappear to coffee shops and whatnot to design his Unix client for the browser Right. and he didn't go to the meetings or plan how long it was going to take. He just knew what he started with, which was nothing, mm-hmm. or a browser that worked on a different en- or a different operating system and what he needed, and he just went and did it. And if you try to force somebody with that type of ambitious task to do it in four-hour increments with yeah. sprint meetings and whatnot, You might just never see it done.
4: Right. Yeah, we talk about Agile because that's the main philosophy we use here to do our project management. But like you said, there's a lot of people that if if it's just your product, if you're a product company, sometimes Kanban or something like that. Just basically a task list of things in the order that you want to do them being Mm -hmm. done. Like there's just not, you know, maybe you don't really need the uh, accuracy of like how long is this going to take because your goal is not. To try to like squeeze as much effort into ours, it's to put these features in your application by X date, and like you still kind of need to know. Yeah. But it's you know more broad, and like it's just not as you're not in the details as that low.
0: Yeah. And in terms of the chunk of thing or feature or bug, whatever it is that we're building and then estimating, when you talk about how big or how small should it be, users and even sometimes business owners don't think in terms of. Well, I need to implement device so that people can log into this thing right yeah. they just don't think about it in those terms. they think about uh, big feature type epic level things, and mm-hmm. so then we have to sometimes break them down or estimate them at, at that level depending. yeah
4: and and that kind of goes back to the big versus small like chunks like if you break it too small, delivering that to someone who is who is not familiar with development processes of breaking it down like that' <laughs> it'll feel deliver. like a failure yeah like within the first week you've delivered this like great login page you're like, yeah, but I can't do anything. Right. And you're like, well, I mean, I know it's just a piece of your puzzle, but like, that's not the way that everyone sees it. And right. So it's a absolutely it's important sometimes. It's important to know your audience. Back to kind of what Daniel was mm-hmm. talking about with estimations is you maybe don't want to deliver like a third of it just because it makes you feel better. You maybe right. want to hold on until you've got like you know all three pieces to you know, yeah put together.
2: When I have to estimate a big project, I do tend to break it up into absolutely. smaller pieces absolutely. and estimate them individually. But I'll still do high high and low on those, and then I'll add them up and I'll say based on these 30 line items, your project is between 10 and 60 weeks and multiply that by whatever rate we're choosing to apply for that many weeks. Here's a range. And nobody really wants to hear that. But on the flip side, I've been in situations where I have an estimate and I'm constantly bargained down on it. So I think it's 50 weeks Somebody else says, Well, maybe you could be forty if this and this and this. And yeah, say, we need okay, it in forty. If everything goes well, then maybe it's really just forty and then yeah. they take the forty and then cut that number in half and quote it in the client. <laughs> <laughs> I think that gets back to what Jesse was hinting at is if you said fifty and somebody else sells twenty five, that's not that's only indirectly your problem. But when i working in an organization where we all have shared responsibilities and accountability to each other, you can't just wash your hands of that.
0: Right. yeah in terms of individual accountability when I am asked to estimate something, I see it as committing to you know here's what you want here's how long it'll take me to code that and it depending what it is you know we've talked about does that include QA or UAT or things like that here's what I think that'll take that's what I can commit to and say yep, I'll do that If we miss that mark, I feel accountable to that If that mark changes, from what I said, what mm-hmm. I committed to, and we also miss it, I don't feel as accountable. I'm definitely part of the cog in the machine, like you said, but I think one thing when I'm estimating something, I'm telling you, here's what I think I can do it in. And so that's what I'm committing to. What does
2: that accountability look like to you professionally? If it goes above your estimate?
0: Uh apologies and explanations. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm but just kidding. Do, you, do you
4: just do you adjust your like thinking on how long a feature takes? Like what how do you correct that behavior as just a cog in the machine, as Daniel put it. Like, you yeah. talking about That's you're a good making question. the
2: company or the client hole in that one thing that you m- misestimated, as in focusing on that until it's done? Or are you talking about fixing your process to where you never make a bad estimate again, which I think Jesse was hinting at?
0: So I hate to do this again, but it depends. Okay. And and the reason is, what did, what did we miss on? Like, did we miss on the login functionality? Mm-hmm. That seems like a weird thing for me to miss on because we've done that so much and it's such a small piece mm. and we ought to be able to, to estimate something like that. Did we miss on an Epic? Like, did we miss on... Um, I'm trying to think of a good feature that is in a lot of apps as an example to talk about. Um, but if we missed on something bigger, maybe that's not solely on the part that I did. Mm-hmm. So it sort of depends on what we're talking about. Maybe okay. we want to go off of one example.
1: So, so I mean, something else with that, though, is y- y'all are familiar with the concept of the zone? Mm-hmm. You know, like whenever you're... Explain it for people who aren't. So, so the zone, you've probably heard it in other places, like in sports or something like that. But, um, I mean, for me, programming, like if I'm in the zone, I can go through and really knock out code quickly. And then there's other days where it's like, maybe I didn't get enough sleep that night, or there's just a lot of meetings, there's a lot of interruptions. Like, for, for me, for example, like it might take me a good half hour to an hour to sort of warm up.
3: Because
1: mm-hmm. you have to open code up again. You've got it's something that a lot of people outside of the programming world, including uh, business owners, product owners, things like that, don't grasp is... You might say this thing is 600,000 lines of code. I'm making Mm -hmm. that number up. But, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility for a large project, right?
3: Right.
1: That doesn't mean anything to them. It's sort of like saying this is, you know, a billion versus a trillion dollars. It's it's like the numbers are meaningless at that point because we, we don't think at that scale. But, I mean, if we've worked in a, you know, a really large code base it takes you a while to sort of orient yourself again yeah. and find your way around and you know, find specifically where a bug is or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. so I, it's just, so the zone being like, you know, maximize yourself where there's no interruptions. There's in every, it, I've found that it seems like most people have a different way to get there. And so that's, that's one of the other things with estimates is like, okay, in optimal circumstances, it's going to take this yeah, long. So how pessimistic and minimal, are you in
4: your votes? knowing that knowing your personal thing is it takes you maybe 30 minutes to warm up like but i don't it?
1: usually account for a warm-up you know and that's that's why the ranges yeah. sort of help it's just mm-hmm. but that to your point about like i'm committing to something mm-hmm. i always unless it's really small i still don't I'm
0: like yeah it's i guess <laughs> what i'm saying is
1: it's hard for me to Really commit to yeah. something. I I will commit to do my best, though. Right. You know what I mean.
0: No. I, yeah. And I understand that. I I think that is one of the things that helps me sort of take comfort in. One of the things we started with was estimating. Is just not fun. Yeah. And I think we're we're kind of all in agreement there. But I'd love to try and get to the bottom of why. Why mm-hmm. do we say that? We say that a lot, and what do we mean by it? Right. Um, uh, to answer your question about what do you do when you're wrong, I think just as as the what were we wrong on is important, I think sure. also how wrong were we? like did I say it would take a half day and it took two weeks because that's a pretty big miss, sure yeah uh so it just it just really depends on a lot of a lot of variables so I guess the
2: reason I asked that is I can remember a few times, especially earlier in my career, where a project I was working on was late, and I worked overtime without explicitly being asked to do so mm-hmm. in order to meet the deadline and then. That took a fairly harsh toll on me, psychically or physically, and then the project never launched, even though I busted to get the deadline. Things like that, that, that kind of scares me when I hear somebody saying they want to take personal ownership of a missed software deadline. Are you sure you want to do that? And is it really oh, helping anybody?
0: Yeah, that's not exactly what I meant. I, I think there are a couple of other things we do here that help us mm-hmm. uh, in situations like that, which I don't think any of us have experienced that on this job. Um, but one of the things we do is we all vote together, right, on a lot mm-hmm. of the things we estimate. And so um, I may vote really low. Mo may vote really high. I don't know if that's actually true. Um, but it's sort These of yeah. it sort of helps us come to a... An agreement together on what we think this is reasonably going to look like, and we all have different experiences and backgrounds that we're bringing to the table to speak from, and so that really helps at landing on a number. It's Mm -hmm.
4: it helps land on a number that the business is happy with, but I wouldn't say that it's always the best. Like that's one of the things that agile. Like I kind of wish we voted in black boxes and then talked about it, um, because you get to a point where people are more influential through their own like personality and their experiences and what people other whether someone looks up to that person or whether that person is there's an intern, a lot of there's, there's factors, other variables there you know. that just sort of like who's loud and who doesn't talk. Like there's just very passive personalities mm-hmm. who just, who they're just going to kind of go with the flow because it, it's just their personality. And so you can get into, I think, uh, you know, the opposite is just dangerous. Like one person, mm-hmm. sort one or two people driving all the votes and then no one else having commitment to those votes because they don't feel like they were a part of that discussion, but they, not necessarily to their own fault, or maybe it is their own fault of just you know being passive, but uh, so I don't think it always produces the best uh estimates that way,
2: so were you wishing you had a a real planning poker system when we all did blind voting at the same time?
4: sometimes, yeah, I mean, sometimes I think it could help. It just really depends on the project if it's a project everyone's worked on mm-hmm. um it's probably less of an issue, but it you know we shift projects all the time, and when you go to a project and you're like well, so-and-so, I know you were the last one in that code base, you know, what do you think? And like, if they throw their number out first and everyone just copycats it, right? Because yeah. they're like, I, I don't have too much experience in that, but like, that's valuable, right? That's valuable to the vote to make sure that it doesn't go over is mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, if, if that guy's not gonna work on it, like just because he thought it was only like four hours, if uh, if I was just thinking about it, you know, my own silo, if someone said, Hey, go add a new login, like maybe I'd be like, Well, it's about eight hours. And so getting to that median of six mm-hmm. is a lot easier when people are voting what they really think instead of, uh, you know, leaning toward their peers.
0: Not not to be contrarian, but, but, sure, but. I think <laughs> I think one <laughs> thing we might miss on blind voting is what you just said. Like I'm thinking of the project that we're close to wrapping up, Mo, um, where we estimated together it was a code base you had a lot of experience in and I had a little bit of experience in, right. but I really leaned on your experience with the code mm-hmm. to know what's this gonna look like when I get down to individual tasks. Yeah. Um, and I didn't I still voted what I thought it would take me. And you still voted what you thought it would take you, but I think if I hadn't have had your experience, it would have been a lot harder to it estimate. Was, yeah,
1: I mean, we ended up with a smaller uh, number, right? Because I, was, I, 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 definitely brought it swayed down to I said, "Here's literally what I think you'll add." <laughs> yeah, these three lines of code, right? For mm-hmm. and I, I remember talking about that, but that's where I mean we've said that multiple times. Without some background in something, your right. estimates are. It's, 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 Something that's like this. Have you all ever had the experience where you see a website online or a program and you think, I could do that in a weekend? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
4: um, I had, Have you tried it, and failed miserably?
1: Well, so, so uh, another project we're on, we're working on a discovery phase for a project right now. And, you know, just it, it, actually there was two of them. And uh, we were talking to someone and, and it's uh, someone we have a lot of trust with. So, uh, me and Brian were working on this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think we can get that knocked out in a day. Well, we take, you know, just a little bit of time, go back in there. And until even looking at the code, I was like, yeah, it's not going to take that much. Well, it ends up taking about two and a half days because of now that's not a huge variance, but in terms of percentage, that's a, you know, 250% increase, right? Yep. So
0: it's, but that goes back just, to the half-day, two-weeks thing, right? How much did we miss by? Like, it, yeah. And I would say you've added another point to sort of the response to Daniel, which is um, just as it is, what did we miss? How much did we miss? Now it's like, when did we see it coming? So you yeah, said you were right. in there for an hour, a- and you knew that mm, this might be a little bigger than right. maybe in this example than you thought originally. And if you're able to communicate that early and and uh, yeah. concisely and correctly, that, that helps, right? That's
1: one of my the biggest values in my mind with some of the agile side of things is that early correcting direction, right? The early feedback is so important. It's difficult with some types of projects, Mm -hmm. but you know, if you can come back to them in two weeks or four weeks and say, okay, we have learned some things and that thing that you thought was going to be really easy. Oh, it doesn't exist at all. Or uh, I had uh, someone, I'm sure that this has happened to y'all as well, where someone says, hey, do y'all build mobile apps? (laughs) Because I have a great idea. I don't think it'll take much at all. And we'd be able, you know, it's just these grand ideas. Someone was saying, I want something to be able to pull slides off of a PowerPoint. Because for them, opening, it's easy. So they're just listed on the side. What they don't know is that a PowerPoint file is actually a zip of lots of crazy binaries, and there's a whole history of the open XML format, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is more complicated than you think it is, and mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you're never going to be interested in, like file parsing. I mean, so there's just, explaining complexity is not easy, and I'm passionate about, no, not really, but, you know,
4: Yeah. Go back to Ben, like as far as like accountability, like you, you touched on it. Like I just, I code the same pretty much every day in and out. So I don't really feel bad if I miss, miss a number too bad, you know, Mm -hmm. like obviously you want to look and see if there's things that you could have done, but you know, I, I come into work and I do the work. Like I always do the work, you know? And so as long as I'm doing that, as long as I didn't have any like personal things that got in the way of me, Coding that day that right. I could have like taken care of in a different way to miss a deadline like I, I feel good with it right mm-hmm. like I've coded as hard as I could and uh, I didn't hit that deadline I you know as long as there's not any you know correct the votes maybe next time like based off of but a lot of times it's just stuff you don't realize until you get in there and so you know don't feel bad about it when you when you fit when you miss an estimate to an extent right mm-hmm. obviously you can't miss by like <laughs> a year and be like oh no nice. it's cool <laughs> you know
1: my, my first job there was it was not a project i was on but it was originally scoped out to be 3 months and it took 3 years yeah and so it's just one of those things where we're like okay the process is definitely not working here mm-hmm. but that's also where having you know some feedback on the other side did outside of the developer they always
4: thought they were going to be finishing tomorrow was it like completely <laughs> it was blind, just, and, and like and then it just turned into 3 years like, or did they just like revamp at one point and be like this is not three months I it's gonna take a year there and wasn't like- a whole
1: lot of oversight and yeah. so it's sort of it's like having you know if if you have a project manager or you have uh, you know it, it, just how much backup do you have as well i mean right. you can send someone off and you know some places where you've got the little programmer cave back there and there's no communication
0: yeah I i think jesse back on the conversation of how bad do we feel or how often do we feel bad when we miss? Yeah. I, I don't look at individual, me personally, I don't look at individual misses very often, yeah. but I try to take supersets of misses. So like, or, or even just supersets of time, like over the last three months, how much have we missed and by how much? And yeah. is that bad or is that kind of what we expect? Right. Yeah. You know? And so it's easier not to feel terrible every single time you miss. And, <laughs> yeah, and also, that would be bad. yeah, I mean, thankfully I don't I can't think of a whole lot of times where we have missed really significantly. Yeah, and there's if formulas
4: to kind of help this stuff, right? Like, even if it's supposed to only take four hours, like you said, going back to the website you were talking about, sort of the comedic thing where you're just like adding all these hours for like your computer computer blue screening you updated to the last os like (laughs) you know those sort of things they have to be from an agency standpoint at least they have to be a part of the agency's formula you know because your developers aren't going to think about that every single time Um, but you do have to be clear about that right like agencies have a certain you know a formula i'm sure for each sort of project and who's going to be on it and like that's important for even the developers to know to an extent so that they don't put those same things that they're thinking of in their votes so you don't like double up and now you can't get work cuz your like budgets are You know, insane compared to your competitors. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, depending on the project, uh, there's an unknown factor. There's probably an unknown factor on everything we do, and the unknown factor is much bigger in certain things, right? If we just if we don't have a lot of information and we they want us to code something, we we still have to estimate that, right? Because at the end of the day, we got to say this is how long we can do it in, and this is how much it'll cost. And so even though it's subjective and unfun sometimes, we got to put a number on it so Mm -hmm. that we can, like I said earlier, feed our families. So early in my career, I don't think I really.
1: Maybe it was because it, this was the place that the six-month or three-month to three-year, I didn't see a value or what the purpose of the estimate was. Mm-hmm. It took me a few years in my career before I sort of understood you know, things like return on investment and things like that. And it was the business sort of trying to actually
4: vet, why are we doing this? And uh, th- there's some... Some days I long for the uh, some of the companies I worked for in the past before agile and voting was a thing. You just, yeah, they were like, "Hey, just work on this," and then they change. I mean, their mind you're like just a sort of a, later, and like you just, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh, that was so nice not to have to like. You I know, totally this the point. This would work.
1: Yeah, it, mm-hmm. but it's also it's like it's dangerous. In sometimes it's, own it's way. nice if you know you don't have to worry about that stuff. And I mean, I suspect there are some industries where it's yeah, they, Still they, you way. just yeah. have a, a team of developers and they work on this and we're just going to spend this much money on development every year and we'll just see what we spin up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yep. I think I don't know that that's the it, most, like,
0: best use of their money, but... Yeah, from any kind of I'm paying for this perspective, I mean, that's hard yeah. <laughs> to, to settle yeah. with.
4: Huh? I mean, if, if you just kind of say that you've got so many people, they work so many hours and you hope to accomplish X many features a year, like, as long as you sort of set your own bar of, like, you know, what what you're expecting them to do. You have to hire people that are self-motivated in that case, right? It would go back Mm -hmm. to sort of who you're hiring, what your expectations of the product are, and, like, you're, like, maybe you have a five-year plan, right? Like, maybe it's it's not tight deadlines where every year you're trying to budget out exactly, like, the next 10 features that are going to be in this product and, Mm -hmm. like, we need to hit these by these months to get these clients or whatever. If you're just kind of thinking long-term of, like, well, at some point I want disaster recovery, you know? And so, like, that's, like, not something you plan for in the next month and like you have going to have to spin up all these servers and get all your developers to work around like, you know, all this, all this crazy stuff to make that happen. And uh, it's just not something that you think that they would estimate well anyway. So it's just a longer roadmap.
1: So one thing we didn't talk about uh, is if someone is bringing you and saying, okay, we need this done by a certain time period because you know, there's a trade show or something, or there's a, a market you know something that you, they have some information mm-hmm. that maybe they have given to you maybe they haven't but they need it by a certain time cuz that happens that often deadlines exist the for dead- a right yeah, right and so at that point you've your estimate and your your best guess is it's going to take longer than that given that the, the scope that we know about right so at that point that's when you have to start negotiating about you know reducing scope or not because yes. can they for example sell this without this feature Yep. Or can we have it in a, a beta period where it's, okay, this is at the point where you can show it to people, but they can't use it yet. Right. You know, all of those things where it's like, all right, let's try to figure out together how we can actually get to that point versus – them saying, Well, we're just gonna have to get it all done.
4: Yeah, because I don't think it's beta now, it's like pre alpha now, right? They just keep moving out yeah, right, of like right. deliverable software. It's, like mm-hmm. beta means finished to, to most people these That's yeah, true, that so is like, true. You, I ran the Chrome beta for, for years, right? Yeah, so like, yeah, right. be careful, or Gmail beta. That's what so, it
2: was. I don't know if I'd like to think of that as negotiation so much as uh creative problem solving. I mean, if someone comes to yeah. you with a certain number of constraints, like our budget's a half million, our timeline is 12 months, and you estimate it, and you say, well...
0: Wait, why is the budget not a billion dollars? That's the next step. (laughs) (laughs) So when I say, okay,
2: with a half million, we can hire these five people, and it's going to take them 18 months, and you say, but I really need it in 12 (laughs) months, and I say, okay, if you had a billion (laughs) (laughs) dollars, and we could hire all the programmers in the world, or at least in the city... To build this and get it done in six months, would that be better, or are we going to have to deal with only delivering part of it on time? I mean, this—I know you guys have been joking with me for a year or months about this, but I do bring in the—if we had a billion dollars as a right problem-solving technique, right? Like Just you've to told take that constraint that my off the table. Estimation doesn't match yeah. your needs, but I'm viewing the estimates as basically. Just simple problem solving, like laws of physics. This many programmers right. can deliver this much code at this magnitude in this many months. If That's not good enough for you. Then we either need more programmers or or less programs code. Or yeah. help me
1: remember what what's the you, you can have it uh, right. You can have it on time, or you can have it under budget. There, there's a three mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Pick any two. Right.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think
2: can't... it was uh, quality. Uh, price and deadline
0: generally a a fair statement especially when
1: someone is coming to you and dictating something like okay um and most clients choose the
4: not quality part (laughs) that's true not not necessarily clients here but just clients in general like because they're more focused on the product side of things that's not like a jabbing with it but they're just like we need these we need this feature list they don't really you have to kind of rein them in as a developer to be like all right well we need a little bit more quality because i know in the next 12 months, you're going to want to do these things. Mm-hmm. Like having those discussions as part of kind of being a good, a bit, a good curator or, for a project that even if you don't own it, it's just knowing yeah. that, Hey, you've got to be respectful to the code base because this isn't the last feature you're ever going to develop. Mm-hmm. Like right. unless you're selling it at the end of this project, then you're going to want to put more effort into it because you're going to want to put things on top of it. And
1: yeah. yeah. Or, or have you staffed a fo- staffed up a support team or something? Yeah, right. I mean, it's like, it's going to have bugs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there's other costs associated with not choosing right. quality. Yeah.
4: Both in immediate and
1: long term. Uh, it
4: can
2: be really hard for the programmer to help quantify the quality and illustrate it to these stakeholders. If you just say, I can kinda sorta get it done in this time, but it's gonna be buggy they don't necessarily understand that it's going to impact your future velocity. Like each, right. each feature at right. the end of time is going to take twice as long because of all the corners. Or you Or like cut. the support
4: staff, like Mo's right. saying, like, Oh, like or suddenly both. we're like Probably overloaded both. in the call center and they have no idea what's happening. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. It's because we broke everything because you needed it done next week. Yeah, you know, Like, yeah. Mo was <laughs> yeah. talking
2: about his flow state and cranking out features at the highest possible rate. If Mo is answering the phone for production issues every three hours, because yeah. we yeah. cut on quality, most going to get 10 minutes of flow a week. And so...
4: Yeah. it's gonna And he's going to eventually just be like... There's oh, I'm lots so of hidden of costs
1: mm-hmm. with that. Would it... Lost opportunity
4: cost? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what the... That's why they rush it a lot of times, right? It's yeah. because they, they know someone else is going to go to a market with similar features, mm-hmm. or they need to get the edge in a market before something happens that is, you know, government pending, you know, regulations and things like that, or um, before things, you know, that's where a lot of these deadlines can come from or things out of scope.
0: Yeah. As tongue in cheek as the original point may have been, or the little phrase that you Mm -hmm. brought up, Mo may have been, I mean, good, it's a good point. Good estimating includes that the conversation about scope and the conversation about timeline and mm-hmm. and the conversation about money. And, right. and so if if those if some of those things or two of those things aren't on the table like if they're firm on that that's going to be a red flag. Like that's going to be a let's talk about this because we want to get you what you want and we right. want to get it to you in your timeline. Right. But like you guys have said, we don't want the next thing you do to take three times as long because we did it too fast. Yeah. yeah.
3: When
2: people are too insistent, then you really have to back up into questions of relationships yeah. and business model. And like trust these people are really putting the screws to you. You either, you're probably going to want to walk away or I don't know, worst case, do it, except it's not going to be great and take the money and probably never talk to them again. Neither of those are really happy. I mean, yeah, at the end of if the day, you don't have a partner on the other side of the table who's willing to work with you. Then there's only so much you can do.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, every single project that's possible is not necessarily a good fit for every single group of people, right? I mean, we're not just hacking away and developing digits every right. day, right? I mean, there's there's an a product ownership and an expertise component that requires a lot of trust when we put numbers on Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If you're listening and you've enjoyed the conversation and you want to jump in, do so on Twitter. Tweet at us at Clear Function or hashtag It Depends. We'd love to hear from you, hear your experiences or your thoughts about any any one part of the conversation. All right, see you guys
4: next
2: time. Bye, everybody.
0: Later. You've been listening to It Depends, a podcast by Clear Function. Clear Function is a group of happy engineers based in Memphis, Tennessee. We partner with visionaries to bring their ideas to life. For more information, check out our website at clearfunction.com.